Today's podcast is brought to you by Schiffer Craft, an imprint of Schiffer Publishing. Schiffer Craft's books provide expert knowledge and inspiration on topics ranging from ceramics to fiber and textiles, floral design, glass art, woodworking, metal craft, leather, and more. Follow Schiffer Craft on Facebook and on Instagram to unlock your inspiration. Thank you so much, Schiffer Craft. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 217 of the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals where you can strengthen your creative business, stay up to date on industry news, and build connections within our supportive trade association. Check it out at craftindustryalliance.org. Today on the show, we're talking about opening and running a brick and mortar stationery shop with my guest, Christina Berkey. Christina owns Calliope, a fun and quirky stationery and gift shop in Natick, Massachusetts. Calliope started as an online shop in 2014 opened as a brick-and-mortar location in 2016, and just recently moved into a new and bigger location in downtown Natick, which is where we are right now. Christina has loved paper and pens and stickers for about as long as she can remember, and her eight-year-old self would be freaking out right now if she knew what she was doing. Christina Berkey, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you. I love this store. I loved visiting in your old location. I've been to your new location many times already, even Mm -hmm. though you've just recently opened here. And it's just beautiful and adorable and a huge like addition to this part of Natick. So, yeah. Um, So I would love to have you describe kind of what you think the store is all about. Um, I kind of boil it down to the kind of store that little me would love to be in. Um, It's everything that I love. Um, I love cards and I can't stop buying them no matter how full the shelves are. Um, I love pens and stickers and just cute things and useful things and just like, I don't know, I just, I love stationery. I've always loved it. And being able to have more things now that I'm bigger, more gift things, being able to include um, more like things like art prints and candles and just other delightful things just to kind of make the everyday life, you know, your office, that kind of thing, just a little bit more fun. And you said in the um, intro about eight-year-old self, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Natick? Um, I grew up in Newton. So I spent about half of my young life in Newton. And then I moved to Hudson when I was 12. And so the other half was kind of spent more in the Metro West area. Okay. And you loved stationery and stickers and things like that. Did you have a sense of what you wanted to do when you grew up? Was it always about retail or were you not sure? I kind of always knew that I would have a store. Um, My mom likes to remind me of how I used to basically merchandise all my stuff. (laughs) I had like these big white shelves and I bought like Sanrio things. I loved Hello Kitty. I love Little Twin Stars. And like I would collect like little things and I would merchandise everything. I would set it up on my shelves and just look at it and occasionally (laughs) re-merch. That's amazing. Yeah. So I've always just like collected things and then made it look cute on my shelves and... Yeah, I kind of always just knew that I would 
have a store mm-hmm. someday. Did you have some retail experience when you did you get a job mm-hmm. in retail at all? Yeah. In college, I worked at a couple clothing stores, but um, right after college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, you know, you know, you want to do this thing, you know, I wanted to have a store, I wanted to own my own business, but like, you can't just like go straight from college to do that. <laughs> so I'm like, well, now what do I do? So I actually worked at the paper store, uh, not the paper source, yep. the paper store, yep. um, which is a very big local gift chain mm-hmm. store. Um, I worked in the Sudbury location, which is now closed, um, basically right after graduation. And I worked there for a couple of years. So I kind of cut my teeth, as you would say. Yeah. On, um, yeah, it seems like perfect training. So yeah. I'm wondering, I mean, obviously, that's a much different store than this one. It's big. As you said, it's a chain. Um, it kind of usually has, correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of like mall locations or like, sh- like yeah. Like strip malls. Strip mall yeah. locations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so what did you sort of ad- admire about that? And what parts of it were you like, mm, this isn't really the way that I would do things? I just wondered like what that experience, what taught, what that taught you, I guess. Um, well, it definitely taught me how to like different parts of kind of how a store runs because I was a gift manager for a long time. So I ran like Vera Bradley and you know, all of the little knickknacks and all that kind of stuff. That was like my area for a couple of years. And then I was actually moved to the front end manager. So I, you know, managed all the little um, things that happen at the cashier area, like balloon orders and making sure we don't have change. And like um, all of the cashiers were kind of unofficially under me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely learned a lot about different parts of a store. Right. Um, As far as like what I would do differently, I kind of... I don't know. I, I think they just chose different things that I would choose. Right. And even now I see kind of what they sell and I'm just kind of like, you guys sell clothes and shoes? Like it's a, it's called the paper store. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was originally called that because way back in the day when the family started it, it was a newspaper store and oh. they just never lost the name. I see. Um, but they were really like a gift store. Yeah. They went from like basically Hallmark stores with other things they had small stationary sections. The Sudbury store also had books um, and then a little bit of kitchen. And then they just kind of went up and up, and up, more things, more different things, I jewelry, see. that kind of thing. So um, I don't know. It's just I have always stuck to what I love, which is stationary. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think the candles are a desk accessory and I like having them, um, but I don't go too far outside my lane. And I find that when I do doesn't work mm-hmm. so you know kind of dabbing my toe into different areas I find out like okay that's not gonna work pull back and yeah, it works for me mm-hmm. okay so you had this very good sort of like on-the-job training learning about paper and gift in retail and on from several years um, what did you do after that like what was the next step in your career journey mm, office jobs reception <laughs> administrative um, I actually really did not have a super good experience at the paper store. So, um, my mom actually helped me get a reception job at the office she worked at. Um, and I didn't hate it. I mean, obviously it was, it was a job that paid the bills. It was fine. It was, you know, a regular paycheck, you know, yeah. nine to five. Um, from there I went to basically a different company that did the same kind of work and did 
the same kind of thing again. Um, and I just kind of was like just bumping along, basically. Mm-hmm. Like um, I started making like cards and things like 2005-ish okay. um, and started trying to like make my own stuff. And I did the South End Open Market for a long time. Which is a lot so of fun. Yeah. The office job kind of allowed me to start doing things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so kind of from there, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to ride this out until I know what I'm going to do. And when I'm ready to leave mm-hmm. you know, this world, I'll know. And off I go. So what kind of cards were you making at that time? That was what you started with. So, so the first thing I ever did were those fill-in party invitations. Oh, yeah. Like, I would, I just made them out of, like, scrap of paper and, like, printed out the little, like, you know, what, where, when, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I can't believe I made those. Um, and, like, the internet had already started, like, taking paper invitations away as an option. You know, Evite was a thing. And so the first year was not very good. So I transitioned right away to greeting cards. Okay. And that was a lot more successful. I made just, like, a handful of, like, birthday cards, love cards, friend cards. Mm-hmm. And people were into that. So... I kind of expanded on that. And you were selling these online at all or just at South, the South End Open Market? Um, I had an Etsy shop. Okay. Um, but I didn't have, like, a ton of designs. I just kind of was, like, just really, like, feeling my way sure. through, like, just trying to figure out, mm-hmm. do I like this? Is it working? Do people like it? Like, just getting feedback and just trying to Right, just... seeing what it was about. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, though, you did transition to selling other people's cards mm-hmm. at the market. So what made you make that pivot? Um, I think because I started having the inkling that I wanted to open a store, and I couldn't open a store with just my own work. But also, my heart really isn't in making cards. Um, I had some that people really liked, um, but I just, I just didn't love it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so when I, my husband actually suggested, let's go to the stationery show and in New York and see what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, let's just get like a pass. We'll walk the aisles, just see what we're getting ourselves into. And, and this is like, like 2007, eight, somewhere in there. Um, this would have actually been. Not until like eleven. Okay. Twenty eleven. Okay. So you'd kind of been experimenting for a while. For a while, yeah. All right. So the stationary shows that's that's for the trade. So mm-hmm. you're gonna go, you're gonna look and, and what what did you think? I mean, it was overwhelming. because um, back in two thousand eleven it was it was big. Yeah. I mean now it's well, very it's, it's kinda nothing. Yeah, it's a whole different yeah. yeah. I mean now it's just shoved in with it with, now. With New York now, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not its own thing. Yeah, but back yeah. then it yeah. was it was thriving. Yeah. yeah. And so walking the aisles there was very intimidating because I knew, like, I'm introverted. I didn't, I knew that I wasn't there to, like, buy things. And I feel like people could smell it on me. They were like, hi, what are you looking at? I'm like, nothing. And I would just, like, run away. I think all of us who are introverts can actually really relate to that. It's like, don't talk to me. Yeah. I'm not going to buy anything. Don't make me feel bad. Um, Like, I didn't, I don't even think, I did have business cards. They were ugly because you couldn't, like, get in without business cards. You had to, like, look legit. Right. Um, But the thing that I thought was always really funny is, like, I remember when um, Anna Rifelbond and Mm -hmm. Nathan Rifle were still, um, Nathan Bond were still running their own booth. It was like one double wide booth, and it was the two of them. This is rifle paper, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 
it was just crazy. Like right. and I knew who she was and I was like, I wanted to go over there and say hi, but I just was just too bent out of shape about going over and be like, hey. <laughs> so I just, but I remembered like taking a picture of me and like, love there my paper. <laughs> like, it's like, they're here. Um, but there were a lot of people who were really nice and like talked to me and, um, just kind of, yeah. Worked. You get a sense of yeah. what the whole, you know, world is about mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, when you came back to your booth, did you start stocking more cards and more different assortment? So that was like all kind of like almost like a, a, a moving, like moving parts in that whole like 11 to 14 area mm-hmm. where I would make my own things. And then in, I believe 13 or 14, I went back to NSS and I started buying things. Okay. So you're like, it's so helpful to you to walk a show first, yeah. understand what it is, and then understand, am I ready or am I not actually ready to even be a buyer at this yeah. show? Yeah. So yeah. you came back. You were legit. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then um, I actually got a push from a friend. She was like, you know, you should you should ask the market manager if he would allow you to sell other people's work she's like other people do it like it like just ask just mm-hmm. see what he says you know like you're selling your own cards you're adding in work that other people have done handmade it's still handmade it's just right. you didn't do it just right. see what he says this and is that so open market this was yeah. at the uh salem holiday market okay way back maybe like 11 or 12. right in salem massachusetts so mm-hmm. you're basically asking like you know the other artists in this market are selling their own work only their own jewelry or whatever yeah. it is but can i sell an assortment that i curate yeah. of other makers cards and yeah. things like that yeah. okay and what he said and he thought it was great he's like sure go right ahead and you know he was totally open to it i'm like awesome so um yeah i went back to the stationery show like whatever the next spring was and i picked up a couple of brands i did the south end market with you know maybe 40 percent my cards and the other 60 other people um and then i opened an online shop which started as crumple and toss which some people might remember okay um and that was in 2014 i opened my first like online stationery store Mm -hmm. and people could find me in town um at the south end market and then go online and order more, reorder, yeah. they liked it, they yeah. want to find you, yeah. they can go so back. So it kind of right. grew from there. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And crumple and toss, I like that. Where did that come from, just the idea of throwing away paper? I mean, I I think I thought of it was like uh, based around like new ideas. You, you, know, you scribble something down and you're like, mm, I don't know about that. You crumple it up, throw it away, let me try something else. And that was kind of what I did a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of tried things. Oh, that doesn't work. And then, right. you know, toss it to the side. And I think it, I feel like back then, and other people have pointed this out, that like in like the heyday of blogs, mm-hmm. that two things with an ampersand in the middle was like the thing. So true. You know? Like, yeah, it was. You know, um, it was a naming convention. Yeah, like <laughs> sugar and cloth is one I can remember yeah, that totally. I used to read all the yeah. time. Flax like, and twine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> two things with an and is was like the thing to yeah, name your blog yeah, or absolutely. name your whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I want to do that, and so I carried that for a long time. That was probably one well, of my. What was the e-commerce platform that you were using? Um, I think at the time I was using WordPress. Okay. 
Um, my husband is um, an IT professional. Oh, so, so he was helpful. Super helpful. Okay. So he built my WordPress site. All right. Um, and then I think almost as soon as Shopify became a thing, we yeah. moved to Shopify. Yeah, because it's better. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, it was the only thing that would integrate an online and an in-person sure. inventory. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Not sponsored. Right. <laughs> but true. Okay. So... Um, at some point, though, I feel like you had the opportunity to do, like, a pop-up somewhere, and that mm-hmm. kind of gave you the taste, like, I actually need a store. So yeah. tell us about that experience. So the same friend who pushed me to ask the market manager, she did She's a She's a good friend. She is. She's <laughs> like, I tell her every so often, I'm like, there's a big part of this that is because you pushed me. And yeah. she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> um, so she did, there was, like, a pop-up space next to Clover in Cambridge, um, right, right on Cambridge Street, mm-hmm. and it was just like an empty box, smaller than my old store, like no bathroom, no back room, no nothing. Is just this like, in Harvard Square? Um, no, it's in Inman Square. Oh, in Inman. Okay, in got Inman. it. So, um, if like gather here and mm-hmm. all that stuff is on like this side of yep. Cambridge Ave, it's the other way okay. to the right. Um, so it's down by Clover. It was a pop-up space that they managed and she did a pop-up during the summer. Sorry, that's my heat. (laughs) It's such an old building. You're going to hear the banging. I forgot to warn you. (laughs) Um, so when I went to her pop-up, she was like, you should do this. You need to do this. This would be great. Station would be great in here. You need to do this. And I was like, I don't know. She's like, no, it'd be great. <laughs> she I like, feel like these pop-up opportunities are so great for just kind of yeah. getting your feet wet and seeing what happens. It's usually yeah. my first advice for anyone. Really? Is try pop-ups. Yeah. Especially now people know what a pop-up is yeah. more than they used to. Yeah. Um, so I did that in the, no, the... Like November ish of 2015 mm-hmm. was when I did the pop up in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. I put up a poster maybe like one or two weeks before I was going to be there that like I was coming, but it was just like an 11 by 17 piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, social media wasn't what it was right. now. So like I advertised that mm-hmm. I was going to be doing a pop up. Um, I took a week off from my office job. That mm-hmm. was my vacation. Love it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I rolled in there with a U-Haul and put up like floating pegboards mm-hmm. like those oh, yeah. like, on the wall. And I set up a little car shop and I was there for only a week and I made a thousand dollars. Like no one knew I was going to be there. Right. People just from like the few people who walked by and the little bit of advertising I could do on social and it was good. I mean, I wasn't even within range of holiday really. Yeah. Um, and I did really well and that gave me kind of everything I needed to be like I'm doing this yeah like you and you got a sense of what it would be like yeah you know, you're in there every day working your store. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. So that was in Cambridge, but we're here in Natick, mm-hmm. which is not super close by. So how did you decide on Natick as your location? Um, that's funny. I, I just always loved it here. I've never lived here. I've never really spent time here. I just knew I wanted to be a Natick. Interesting. Um, I think it's a great little town. The downtown is like very classic New England. Um, the buildings are very old and, um, you know, we have this cute little common with a gazebo and, you know, it's very like, almost like Dennis the Menace, like the fire station is here and the library is here and the police station's there and the coffee shop is over here. And And it's a lot of locally owned businesses too. There's no, can't even think if there's really any chain stores, not even a CVS over here. No, which is kind of a bummer. We used to have... (laughs) 
we used to have um, a locally owned pharmacy, but I think the the owners were um, if they were on the older side, and I think they were just like this is just yeah. too much and it's a big space. So we yeah. did lose kind of a small like, drugstore. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, besides the banks, the only thing that's a chain is the donkeys, and it's yeah. like way over there. Yeah, you know? and it so, wouldn't be classic New England without no, a donkeys. So you know that counts. <laughs> I want to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor, Schiffer Craft. Schiffer Craft is currently celebrating their second year as an independent imprint of Schiffer Publishing, who has been a leading publisher in the craft industry for five decades. Schiffer Craft's mission is to build the knowledge base for craft communities large and small, while inspiring creativity and support of the craft community in all that they do. By partnering with renowned artists, craftspeople, makers, authors, and organizations, they've built a legacy of providing expert knowledge and inspirational books to the industry. Whether someone is a beginner or an expert, their books spark new directions in making. Their titles range in topic from ceramics, fiber, and textiles, floral design, glass art, woodworking, metal craft, jewelry, leather, painting, and more. Along with crafting high-quality books, Schiffercraft partners with groups, museums, craft schools, and businesses to help extend their missions in craft, including organizations like the Barnes Foundation, the Center for Art in Wood, Quilts of Valor, Harrisville Designs, the Fine Arts Museum of San Francisco, Mackenzie Childs, the Morse Museum of American Art, Fiber Art Now, and more. Just like you, Schiffercraft are makers who believe that our lives are made more meaningful by integrating creativity into daily lives. Whether you are just getting started, comfortable in your craft, or an expert, Schiffercrafts wants to be there for you on your journey, and they look forward to supporting you along the way. So visit their website, www.shiffercraft.com, and click on Submit a Proposal to see what magic you can make together and provide to the industry. Thank you so much, Shiffercraft. And now, back to my conversation with Christina. Um, all right. So in, in your original space, it wasn't on this main. Right now, we're like on the main drag. You can yeah. see the common that you're talking about from here. Um, this is where kind of everyone comes and parks and walks around and shops mm-hmm. and goes ice cream and whatever. There's all these different things to do. You were sort of a step away from that in yeah. um, your first space, which is adorable, but it wasn't like um, you wouldn't discover it, I guess, with your you know foot traffic. There was like a little Mediterranean market or something next door I remember but that was pretty much it like you just park and go to one of those two places sort Mm -hmm. of thing so how did you find that first space um I think so I have a a friend who's a realtor and she doesn't do commercial real estate but I asked her I was just like Shelly will you please just help me and she's like okay fine (laughs) um but I think she found it and she sent me like a link to it on like LoopNet or something and was like hey you know what do you think of this place Mm -hmm. because um there's very little available in in natick Mm -hmm. um everything's either really really big really really small 
or there's just nothing. Like it's hmm. pretty desirable, but yeah. also everybody's really long standing here, which is nice. Yeah, it's true. If you think about um, it, the turnover is not so. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not. So um, there wasn't anything available. However, this this little corner spot was. It was small, it was really rough, but I mean, it was really all I needed to get going. Something small, I sell small things. Right. You know, like, I'm not selling rugs or vases, you know, I don't need Do you remember how many square feet that space was? Top and bottom, about 500. Okay. So retail space was about 250. 250, yeah. Yeah. So people get a a sense. It's like a little postage stamp of a store. Yes. And how did you come up with the name Calliope? So Calliope um, is my grandmother's name. Oh, I love that. So I is even though I don't, I've never been to Greece and I don't know any really any of my relatives. I identify very heavily with my Greek side, and so my grandmother, who I hear I'm a lot like her, even though I never met her, her name was Calliope. Okay, yes. And so um, I, that's my middle name as well. Oh, so, I love that. Um, actually, one of my brands called Ramona and Ruth um, changed their name. From paper lovely to ramona and ruth and they sent out a little postcard and they said this is why we're changing our name this is named after our grandmothers and i was like oh my god and i just started like, <laughs> like getting a little verklempt and so i was like i said to my husband i was like i'm gonna change the store name he's like oh my god because i changed my name like all the time <laughs> um so it was like two weeks before i was gonna open oh my god change the name wow i had crumple and toss written on the windows oh my god and i changed my store name before like are you glad you before. did that? Oh my god, yes! It's been like big. I've never wanted to change it back. I've never thought like, oh, this what is, can this I is name the name? It? This is it. Yeah, like, and I just love that it's my name, right? You know, like it's just crazy. Like I, I said this in my newsletter a couple weeks ago that people say my name in their house. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. to think about like. I'm a household name. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Around here anyway. And how did you decide you have this, you're wearing pink, you have pink hair, and there's this sort of bubblegum pink that and yellow that kind of run through all your branding and your sort of visual look. So how did you decide on, on the colors for that? Is this your favorite colors? I or? mean, I just always love pink. Yeah. Um, I dyed my hair pink probably the week after I quit my office job. Um, it was half pink by then and I kind of like tucked it away. But then as soon as I left, I went out and dyed my hair. Like this Mm -hmm. is all I've ever wanted. I just love it. Mm -hmm. Um, and also the pairing of yellow and pink, I never like realized it until maybe later, but it's the two colors of a pencil. Oh yeah. So it's the eraser and the pencil. Oh my gosh. That's, I didn't realize that (laughs) either. So, okay. So you were in that space for a while and there was, um, like an accident that mm-hmm. happened and I'm sure that was scary and also pretty devastating. So, Sorry. so tell us about what happened. Um, so this was, so I opened in June of 2016 and this happened in March of 2017. So I had only been open for 10 months. Yeah. Um, I was out with my mom and my best friend and her mom. Um, so luckily I had extra moms on hand <laughs> when I got a phone call from my landlord saying that, someone ran into the gift store that's what he said to me i'm like what and like we were and we were in like providence we have gone out to like fun times and so we're all the way in providence and i got this phone call and i was like what do you mean and he's like well someone crashed into the store and i was like oh my god like i didn't know what to do i shut down i'm a panicker um so i was like okay well i'll have my husband come over with the key and he goes i love this oh you're not going to need a key nice right 
like half the store is missing. Right. Like you can just walk right on yeah, in through like, the glass. He's such a <laughs> so um Wow. So yeah, so I you know, I told everyone like you know what the phone call was about and they were like, Oh my god, we have to turn right around and go home and so it took so long to get home. I kind of partially forgot what we were going to because um, we were just like chatting in the car and like nothing had really sunk in. And then, right, because you hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. So like we, you know, turn on to 135 over by the Unitarian Church that's kind of on the common and we make the right onto North Main and I can see emergency vehicles. I can see the emergency board up people are already there because... You know, it right. happened at like officially. I think it happened at like ten o'clock in the morning, and this was like one or something like that in the afternoon. So, so it was just someone who lost control of their so car. What I found out was that sort of early on Sunday morning. So Sunday I was closed. Luckily, um, she was waiting at a light um, right downtown, and when the light turned green, somebody honked at her. So she backed up into that person intentionally, then left the scene of the accident, hit the gas going up, up through downtown, like past my store here, up towards the little store. Um, and she was in a little car with a donut tire on the front. And she was doing like 50 miles an hour through downtown and she lost control and she sheared off my front window, um, smashed into the place next to me, spun around, hit a, Hide a fire hydrant so hard that it bent the pipe underneath the street, spun around in the street and like side bumped a car that was across the street with two ladies in it, but she had slowed down enough that it was kind of just like a, a hard bump, not like a crash. Um, by the time I got there, the car was gone. She had been taken to the hospital and if, you know, she was fine. I think probably just a little bit banged up, um, but it was just road rage. Wow. And I think what happened was she, there's a couple of like, um, sewer caps and stuff right outside on the street. And I think she probably hit one and sure. it turned her towards the store. And she didn't have tires that were yeah. appropriate either. So, so your store was really damaged. Just demolished. Yeah, and your inventory and everything. And um, there was a crowdfunding campaign mm -hmm. and people really came out for you. Yeah, they really did. And I was like, it's always amazing to me that like, you know, through my GoFundMe that my friends set up for me, and just like the cards that I got from my, my brands, who all of whom I've met, you know, a bunch of times I'm friends with all of them. Yeah. You know, just these really nice, like, notes. I mean, I got shipments of product from people who are like, here's just something to get you these back. These are small makers themselves. Yeah. And so they relate to what could happen to a yeah. small business that could really do you in. Yeah. And I always say paper people are the best people. <laughs> and, it, and I always say that um, stationery is a business of kindness. Oh, that's true. That's so nice. Well, I'm so, glad that you were able to rebuild your community, yeah. came out for you, which yeah. really also speaks to you and your character, too. Um, yeah, the Nita so, community really got behind me. The paper yeah. community did. Um, there was someone who offered me part of her studio space to, to be a pop-up until the store was finished. Like It was really, really great. I, I wouldn't have been able to be where I am today without like the support of yeah. Natick and... They galvanize the around you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so you reopened, you were there. and But like we said, you were off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. Ugh. And I remember following your Facebook updates and things. And so how did you survive during that period of time? Was it e-commerce or what did you do? Um, 
so that was really scary. Like I had a pretty, I don't know, I had like a decent enough online business, but I didn't realize like how much bigger it could be until the pandemic hmm. hit. I, so I was already online. Um, I think a lot of people had to kind of pivot to online. And yeah. A lot of places didn't have an online store and they kind of just were like hustling to get one and together. Some, like you also had email set up mm -hmm. and you had social set up. And so you yeah. right, had a way to point people there too. Yeah. So I was kind of already ready, yeah. which I think really helped me. Yeah. Um, everything in the store has always been online, right down to the last little pen and the racer. Oh, wow. So I didn't It wasn't like to... you had to go, you only had partial inventory online nope, or something. I yeah, didn't you scramble. had it all there. It was all there. And is that on Shopify still? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I closed the store pretty much when everybody else did, yep. like that second or third week of March. And I, you know, pulled myself away in my little store and I shipped. I so mean, you came in here and just made, or into the old space and mm -hmm. just made it basically into a shipping a center, warehouse, a warehouse, yeah. yeah. Um, it was funny, like, I had so few orders before that I had the table where I used to do shipping in the basement. Mm -hmm. And it got to be a point where I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I, I moved go up and down. Yeah. yeah, right. Just so. stick in the middle of the store. Exactly. Yeah, I Ship did. from here, which <laughs> I saw a lot of people do. I mm -hmm. remember like Fancy Tiger Crafts out in Denver. Like they just, you know, they just had ship. Yeah, in the middle of the store, it was like a warehouse. Yeah. Exactly. So I think a lot of people did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and and that's great. So you, you saw the potential of e-commerce. Maybe that was a good thing. Yeah. I mean, that piece of it. Yeah. And everything I sell is flat and little and right, easy to ship. can add up, but it's very, yeah. it's very easy to ship. Um, I started doing care packages. Um, they were kind of like, um, kind of like a personal shopping thing. Like, you know, I would do a care package for someone. They were like, oh, she really likes cats in the color, you know, purple or whatever. And I would kind of like scoop up a bunch of things. They would tell me how much money they want to spend. And I would take a picture and I'm like, how's this? And she's, and they'd be like, oh, this is great. Send it like bill me for an invoice, send it to her, this will be great. And like Shopify made that really easy for me to send that person an invoice. And then they yeah. could put in the address of the person they wanted to send it to. I would write, you know, little things and cards for people. Mm -hmm. And so the care packages people really liked, um, people stuck at home and they had yeah. to move their office home. And there was and a lot they, of people hurting and in need of a care package. Yeah. So, so it was I a good time for that. People yeah. really liked that. And like just being able to send cards, you know, you couldn't, you know, Zoom wasn't like as a thing as it was like in the beginning. So it was like, well, what can I do? I can send a letter. I, I feel like card. snail mail had a kind of uptick as well. Yeah. Just people getting letters and cards and mm -hmm. thing, you know, real things from other people, yeah. even once Zoom happened and, you know, still wanting to get something tangible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Right. All right. So you, ma you made it through. Yep. Um, you were, you were well set up for it. Mm -hmm. um, and then afterwards, sort of as we came out of the pandemic, you got this new space. So how did that happen? And um, I mean, this used to be a consignment store. I remember mm -hmm. coming in here um, previously. And so, and as you said, there's very little turnover. Was it a risk to take on? It's a, it's a big space and mm -hmm. we're in the back part of the store right now and you know it's yeah, I don't know how big it is but it's big um, so this is about five times the size of my little store right so what was the, what, what happened there what was the thought process um so I had been I had grown out of my little space already but I mean there wasn't anything when I re-signed my lease so I was like all right well, I guess I'm stuck in here again and then um there I just I just was hoping something would come up when my lease was up again and so um there really wasn't anything. And then all of a sudden in October of last year, I had a couple people in town um, kind of tell me like, hey, I heard that 
you know, there's a business on the Debson block, which is what this is called, um, because of the paint store, the mm -hmm. um, man who owns Debson, he owns this building. Um, the Debson block is going to be opening up. And some people said they didn't know who was moving. And some people said, I know, but I can't say yet. And I was like, okay. And they were all like, just go talk to Ben, which is mm -hmm. the guy next door. Um, and they were like, just go talk to him. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's terrifying. Second of all, I don't know who that is. <laughs> They're like, just go talk to him. Just go talk to him. I'm like, okay. And so I like go over to the paint store and I'm like, Hi. <laughs> I was like, are you Ben? Ben here? <laughs> yeah, and he was like, oh yeah, I'm Ben, what's up, how are you, blah, blah, and I introduced myself, and I said, I heard that there's a space opening up on this block, and he's like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't give me anything. <laughs> um, and so it was just kind of like a word of mouth, which I feel like is a lot of how these kind of downtown changeovers happen, especially since a lot of these buildings aren't corporate-owned, some yeah. of them are. They're all owned by like one guy mm -hmm. or like one family and they're almost never like for lease. Like you hear it through the grapevine and before it can even be advertised, it's, it's going to be gone. Right. So I went over and I was like, you know, here's who I am. This is what I do. I, I own a little store up the street. I've been dying to move. I need more space. And he was very unsure about me because how I describe my store is I sell cards and pens and pencils and notebooks. And he was like, well, this is a lot of rent. You know, it's a big space. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, I know, but don't worry about it. I'm good. And I think it took him a while to like, you know, believe in me or like think that I'd be able to cover the rent. Like mm -hmm. he just was like, yeah, you know, well, I don't know about that. And so, um, he kind of had me like go back and forth a little bit like, Oh, well, why don't you go over there and look at it more? Why don't you go ask, um, ask the ladies at lemon tree, if you can see the basement, like, why don't you just go and look, you know, kind of like, are you sure? Make sure you're sure. Mm -hmm. And like, so I did all the things I jumped through all the hoops and I went back over and I said to him, I was like, I want it. I'll take it. And he's like, well, he's like, okay, well, let me just, you know, let me check with five crows or another gift shop down there, you know, make sure that another gift shop is going to be okay. What with about it. With paper fiesta? Cause, um, she, so I've, I've actually been in Natick for about six years and she moved in about three years after me. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's, um, on the Clark's block right. a little bit further down. Further down so. She does more, it's um, more like pet wrapping paper. Yeah. Like party supplies, yeah, party heavy supplies. on party yeah. supplies. So um, between them and five pros is also very different. From yes, that. exactly. So, yeah, and yeah. like, and I know the ladies who own yeah. five pros and I know Paula, mm -hmm. like nobody's going to care, right. no. you know, this that I'm different. moving closer. Like yeah. they're. Everything, a rising tide raises all boats. 100%. So um, I was like, okay, you go ahead and you go talk to Ginger and yeah. you go tell, let me mm. know when she says, of course it's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think he was just trying to stall. Um, but eventually I, I, I was like, so what did they say? Are we good? You know? And he's like, all right, it's yours. And we shook on it. And I came out of Debson like, holy shit, I have a giant store. Oh my God. Like I was instantly like terrified, terrified and pumped all at the same time because this is a huge, huge commitment, a huge jump, you know, like just the, the sticker shock was real. Um, and you know, I knew I could fill the store with product. That's not hard for me, but you know, just the, the space difference and you know, it was, you know, so I made the agreement with Ben in October and I wasn't going to be moving until March. So all this time was passing. I was just like, oh my God, I can't wait to move. I can't wait. I can't wait. And like 
finally it got to be February 1st and I got the keys and this place was empty and it finally like set in just how big it is. And I thought I was going to barf. Like it, it just was with nothing in it. It seemed enormous mm -hmm. and I was very, very nervous. Like, did I make the right decision? I knew I couldn't stay in my little store anymore, but like, this was just so, so big. And I, you know, I, let's talk a little bit about how you fill it. You said, you know, it's not a problem for you to, to fill it with inventory. But at the same time, like, this is one of the most well-curated stores I can think of. Thank and you. so I was saying to my kids, like, because they love to come here, and it's like, you know, you have, you can buy anything you want. It's your store, you know. So how are you deciding what's a yes and what's a no and maybe, you know, if there have been things that didn't work, I mean, and, and you were like, oh, nope. And sort of how do you, how do you think about, you know, buying? Um, I pretty much just buy what I like um, because I feel like by and large, the people who shop here are like me, you know, they, they like bright colors. They like silly, sassy sayings on their cards and cards are a little bit weird. Um, and... I, yeah, I mean, and anytime I've ever bought something that I'm like, well, I'm not sure about this, but I guess I think people like it, you know, it doesn't sell. Mm -hmm. So, um, what they like is your eye. Yeah. And, or if I, if, but if I buy something that's like, well, I feel like I should have this, so I'll get it. And then it doesn't do well. Like I tried notebooks that are a little bit more like darker colors. Cause I thought, oh, maybe guys will like these better. You know, I'm like, man, um, like navy blue or forest green or something like that. Um, and people don't like them. And it's probably because they stick out, you know, standing out is one thing, sticking out is different. So, you know, I try that. Anything that I'm just like, ah, I should probably get this just, you know, to please this person. Nobody likes it. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just please myself. Like mm -hmm. I, I get pink things and purple things and neon yellow things. And you have great stickers. Oh, thank you. I love stickers. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, go a little stickers bit bonkers. So good. <laughs> Yeah, we can't walk in here without walking out with some, <laughs> some new sticker for the laptop or whatever. So, yeah, so interesting. And you're still going to New York now to, or not New York now, the National Station Show, which is part of New York now, yep. to buy. Do you go to Shop Objects? Do you go to other shows that you like? Um, so, yeah, so in August I'm going to do NY Now and I'm going to try Shop Objects. Shop Objects, um, a lot of stationary brands are moving over there, mm -hmm. so I go to see them. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit bougie for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I still like to go and see kind of what's there. And like I said, there's stationary brands who, like Mowgli, has moved over there. Iron Curtain Press has moved over, or Shorthand Press, they just changed their name. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, and then I wanted to go to Noted very badly. That's yeah. a new show from the GCA, the Greeting Card Association. I wanted to go there, but it was just kind of, since San Francisco was too close to my opening to like make a big trip. I and, think SF Now was like at the mm -hmm. same time. Yeah. Yeah. And then this fall, I'm actually going to go to Top Drawer in London, oh, which I'm wow. very excited about. Um, yeah. So there'll be European brands there mm -hmm. that you probably haven't really had a chance to check out before. Yeah. So oh, that'll be great. I very much like trade shows, if nothing else, just to kind of just see people, you know, absolutely um, meet people face to face. And you're meeting your vendors too, and those vendor relationships are really important. They're very important to me, definitely. So you see them in person, they know who you are. Then yeah. when later your email, your you know order, whatever your invoice comes through, they're like, they they know your face, they know yeah, your name, and exactly. it makes doing business much 
better mm-hmm. and not all the way Absolutely. around. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and you have Zugu, we were just talking about Jen. Mm-hmm. She makes um, uh, faux taxidermy that are just very charming. Yes. So she's a local maker. Do you mm-hmm. have sort of an eye for local as well? Absolutely, yeah. I love having, um, and that's why I love having more space. Um, going back to how I buy things, I, you know, I tried like earrings, um, but I think people don't, think they're looking for stuff like that here even though i love big crazy earrings um but i tried them out and i think people are kind of like oh that's weird that you have earrings so um i don't know if i'll delve into like jewelry um but i have um, a small apothecary section with um fiorella sopery who is in framingham and she's a friend of mine and i love her stuff um and i really really believe in her products so i love having that here um, I have ceramics from Tiny Arms and Lowell. And oh, I have one of her um, her mugs mm-hmm. that I bought. Um, I want to say Bizarre Bazaar, maybe. Oh my God, Bizarre Bazaar. And uh, anyway, um, I, it's my favorite mug. Of yeah, all time. she's so good. And she did some like special patterns for me. She did like little snails, and she did little pencils, which are long gone. I need to get more pencil patterns from her. Um, but yeah, I have that. I have Vessel Candles, and I think they're out in Worcester. So I like to try and definitely farm out as many local brands and as And it I makes can. it nice, too. If you're visiting the area or something, you could get something from somebody local that yeah. you wouldn't be able to get where back home or exactly. wherever. Yeah. And you also have these pencil sets that you create. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically, it's a set of, I don't know, five or six pencils, something like that. And each one has like a a funny saying on it and they come in sets so they're all themed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you talk a little bit about the idea for that and, and how that's developed over time. So I did those. So my first pencil set ever was quotes from You've Got Mail, which is obviously one of my favorite movies. Um, and I didn't know how to have them done. So I had someone who makes pencils, LZ pencils, who I think stopped doing pencils um, about a year ago or so. And I said, do you do like commissioned work? And she's like, oh, sure. And so I ordered like 40 sets from her of You've Got Mail quotes. And I think they sold out in like less than a week. And I ordered more and they sold out again. And so I was like, all right, people really like this. And um, they're such a funny gift. Well, they're just really fun, and I think people really, I mean, I love pop culture stuff, and I think people, when they see something that they love, like, right in front of them, like, a, a set of pencils, a sticker, a card, and they're just like, oh my god, someone likes the same weird thing that I do, you know, it's, it's exciting. And so, um, again, my husband was like, you should really be making those yourself, you know, you know, you'd make a lot more money if you made them yourself, and you, you mass, if you could mass produce them with a pen, with a machine, a foil stamper, you know, you, you should do this, da 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 and I'm like, no, because, like, I don't want to learn how to use a new thing, and he's like, no, he's like, I'll find it for you, da 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 I'm like, fine, and, like, he just, like, loves learning how to use, like, machines and stuff, so I think part of it was, like, I want to get a foil stamper, <laughs> so that was actually my first Kickstarter, I did a Kickstarter for my foil stamper, which is a heavy beast, downstairs in my office and um so i successfully funded the kickstarter for the foil stamper and pencil pencil blanks and i started doing like pop culture sets so i have um, office friends schitt's creek and um ted lasso is relatively new and those are my most popular sets Mm -hmm. um so i just kind of farm out funny quotes from the show like iconic quotes so i put them on pencils and people love them they're awesome i so i used to be a sixth grade teacher in newton and 
I had pencils made after a long time of people, kids borrowing my pencils and then mm. never returning them. And I would go through so many pencils. I had these black pencils made that said, please return to me to Mrs. Glassenberg. And people would find them all over the school and come back to my room and like knock on the door and be like, I have your, I have your pencil. <laughs> that's amazing. So they're, they're great. I love custom pencils. So I think that, that that's awesome. Yeah. I think one of my most popular of the singles is I want this back. Right. Exactly. Same concept, right? Like return me. So yeah, that's awesome. So any tips for successful crowdfunding? Because I know that that's something a lot of our listeners either want to do or intend to do at some point. It sounds like you, you know, you've gone through crowdfunding more than once in different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just, okay, don't be afraid to ask people for money. Seriously. Like I have, I've done fundraising for um, when I used to run marathons, like I used to do fundraising and like Kickstarter is just another kind of fundraising. I've never been shy about asking people for money when I feel like it's a good cause. You know, I did the fundraising for um, Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. So Mm -hmm. it was like, hello, this is a really good cause. Give me your money. And then for Kickstarters, it's like, if you're excited about it, people will be excited about it. And people want to help you. They do. Ask for help. They want to help you. Um, And... I would just say just be excited about it, push it on your social, um, maybe come up with images for your rewards to get people excited. Um, I didn't have anything pre-made, I had to make everything for, my, for the rewards, but I tried to like describe them as best I could, or I did like a drawing of something um, just to like get people excited about your rewards if it doesn't exist yet. Um, and just like be transparent with people, you know, mm-hmm. like when you have to write out like your Kickstarter story, like about me or whatever, um, don't like sugarcoat or try to, you know, not touch on something scary or something vulnerable. Like people want to know the people side of a business and, you know, just kind of being upfront with people telling them like. I'm struggling in this little store. I can't do anything. Like you guys love my pencils and you love my notebooks and my washi and I can't make more things with no space. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have a wholesale business also for all the stuff that I make and mm. I can't make anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys like my stuff. I can't make anything else. I'm dying in here. Right. And you know, people see that and they appreciate it. Right. And you know, don't say like, Oh, everything's fine. I could just use a little help. Like, no, I am dying in here. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, Yeah. just be transparent with people, be excited about what you're doing and people feed off of other people's excitement about something. Right. People buy your joy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I had a lot of people tell me that they were buying me and not the things Mm -hmm. like I had a lot of pledges for no reward. They didn't want anything. They just wanted to help me. And so, yeah, the connect human connection is really important. Yeah. Just be human. Yeah. That's great. Um, I want to make sure we get to your recommendations because oh, you've yes. got a couple good ones on here. So you said that you've been drawing recently on your iPad. Are you using Procreate? Yes. Or? Yes. yes. I love Procreate. Um, it just makes it easier. I, I really like to draw and I could never really make anything like a sticker or a notebook or anything like that with drawing on paper. I didn't, I don't know anything about Illustrator. Um, and it was just really, really intimidating and hard. And another thing, my husband was like, you should get an iPad. You should draw more. Get an iPad and, and draw on your iPad. And then you can make things. I'm like, I don't want to do that. But he was right again, which is really annoying. And now I have so much fun like drawing things on Procreate. It's like, you don't have to erase a pencil yep. or mess up in pen and ink. You know, it's easy to go back on something and change colors yeah. and stuff. It just makes it really easy. Yeah. I really love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you've also been doing some art journaling with stickers and with washi. Mm-hmm. 
So I use the Archer and Olive journals that I sell in the store because um, the pages are really, really thick and they can even, you can even paint on them, nice. which is amazing. And it doesn't bleed through the pages. So like you can really just like go bonkers in one of these things. And say the brand name again, um, Archer and Olive. Okay. Um, they're pretty big in like the bullet journal community Yeah, and people love them and it's because of the paper quality. Um, but I like stick stickers on them and I love unrolling big pieces of washi tape because I hoard my washi tape usually. And, I and think then I people, never use it. Yeah. It's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there's a lot on that little roll. You can really you go to town go, on it. Yeah. Plus and then if you run out, you get to buy more. Exactly. So what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> um, so, and it's just like very satisfying to like unroll this big piece and stick it somewhere. And, um, so I've been like, when I get a new pattern, I kind of like unroll a bunch of it and put it in my, in my journal and like stick stickers and you know um i have like lots of like ephemera that i have mm -hmm. on my wall that i'm like i need to change that out so i pulled it down and i stuck it in the journal Love instead it. and yeah you're saving it just in another place and exactly. again making more space for more, more cool things, things. Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah. cool um and then you also really enjoy lettering with all kinds of pens these all of these recommendations are very in line with what you do <laughs> yeah i recently got um some really fancy fountain pens i bought one at the paper mouse in west newton they kind of specialize in fountain pens mm. and they'll kind of walk you through almost like getting fitted for sneakers at marathon sports yeah they'll fit you for a pen nice um i have only two brands here and i think they're really great but if you're like i want to get into fountain pens go to the paper mouse. Mm -hmm. um, They're excellent. So they helped me find one that I love. And I also have my own Ferris wheel um, uh, fountain pen that mm -hmm. I have that brand here. Mm -hmm. And they just write really nice and really smooth. And like, I want to have more time to really sit down with them and like play with the different inks and maybe like write real letters, not just cards. So that's something like I'm just kind of like dabbling in. But every time I sit down to do it, I'm just like, Oh, this is such a nice pen. Can I ask you about the bags? So when you buy something here, which like for us is always stickers, um, <laughs> but you get it in this paper, it's a white bag and it has black drawing on the front. Did you draw that? And mm -hmm. tell us a little, the bag is very clever. Um, I'm all about as much as possible um, conservation. And I worry a lot about environmental impact of packaging and retail and stuff like that. Um, I try really hard not to have plastic sleeves on things, but paper gets ruined when people touch it. So it's really hard for me there to sew my handlebags have like silly little ideas on what to do with them. You can use it as a gift bag, use it as a lunchbox, use it as a cat toy, just please reuse it. So it's really cute. And then my flat bags, which I love, are a black line drawing of like a shark and a pencil and a heart and stuff and you color it, which I love when people color and then they send me a picture of it. It's so good for social media sharing yeah. too, because of course you get it and then you give it to your kid to color, snap a picture, share it on Instagram or send it to you and it's a really good way to kind of, you know, keep that ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. And then some people have made envelopes out of them, yeah. which is really cool. I actually wanted to make a smaller size that looked like that had like an address spot and a return spot on it mm -hmm. and you could like make it into an envelope yeah but they were out of stock on the size that i wanted future but in plans. the future yeah i would love to do like a tiny bag that you could then like seal the end mm -hmm. put a letter in there seal it and then you that's could use it so as an smart envelope. yeah i just love like thinking outside the box and making it into 
something you would just toss into something creative that you wanted to keep. I mean, I kept, we kept ours. We were like, we can't get rid of this. No. It's so cute. Yeah. And like, I wanted Calliope to be, to be an experience. Um, Absolutely. I always, when I had the little store and people would tell me, they, I drove all this way to come and visit. I'm like, why? It's such a little store. You drove how long and you're going to be here for probably like 10 minutes. And, you know, I was very self-conscious about how small the store was and people taking all this time to get there. And it was so small. Like, I know it was just my own hang up, but like when I opened the big store, I wanted, I wanted a mural. I wanted like, I have my Miss Pac-Man machine and like, yeah, you have a Miss you... Pac-Man machine. You've got an awesome pencil sign up front. Yeah. I love that sign. Yeah. Oh my God. Worth every penny. Yeah. Where did you get that? I, I had like... it made by, um, Springer Signcraft, which is a local sign oh, place. It. Um, it's so awesome. You can see it from far away. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Under the big pencil. <laughs> and, um, like if you drive a long way to get here and you need to use the bathroom, I have covered right. my bathroom wall and stickers. Like... I have a drink cabinet and mm -hmm. I just like there's so much to look at like I wanted it to be something when you get here it's like oh man this was worth it yeah trip. yeah it's at least half an hour of just like looking at every little thing so well Christina thank you so much for being on the craft industry thank alliance podcast me. this was great I was great to see you in person I always love to come in person too and you've been listening to the craft industry alliance podcast I'm Abby Glassenberg today's episode was brought to you by Schiffer Craft Shiffercraft brings you the most important currents of inspiration and knowledge, helping you and your audiences find new directions in learning and making. Shiffercraft's goal is to help energize and expand the craft world so makers like you can continue to create in meaningful ways. Make sure to visit shiffercraft.com and sign up for their newsletter to receive exclusive offers on upcoming books author insights, and news on upcoming events. Thank you so much, Schiffer Craft. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals. When you become a member of Craft Industry Alliance, you get in-depth coverage of craft industry news, the opportunity to connect with fellow professionals for advice and support, and access to an educational library filled with ideas, tools, and resources to help you as you build your business. Join us at craftindustryalliance.org. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.